1: Welcome to the Tuesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today first by Nick Whalen to talk some NBA hoops later on. uh, John McKechnie will be with us to talk Week 10 running backs on FanDuel here. Quick reminder, if you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher, please take a sec to give us a nice uh, review and rating really helps us out here. Nick, let's kick things off with a uh, little bit of NBA talk here. We're talking FanDuel Tuesday slate, kind of a modest slate, something interesting to play. Let's take it from the top. Anthony Davis, top salaried player at 10,800. We're going to start or fade this guy tonight. Uh, i 'm certainly
2: not going to advocate fading Anthony Davis under almost any circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, he draws an interesting matchup with, with Demarcus Cousins, two guys who have been among you know the, the eight or nine probably best DFS players thus far in the season mm-hmm. um, I mean with davis you 're looking at a baseline on most nights of you know absolute worst like twenty five points which you know given mm-hmm. the salary would be a, a major letdown, but we 've only seen him have really one truly bad game this year and that was against Memphis uh, just about a week ago but he played really well against Golden State last night 33 and 13 Uh, did just have one rebound or excuse me one assist and one block in that game but you look at every other game on the season he's had at least two blocks he's had at least three blocks in all but two of his seven games so uh i mean you can just kind of go on and on and you know with davis like i said you know there's that you know one in six one in seven chance that he gives mm-hmm. you a dud but i would certainly never uh advocate not putting anthony davis in a lineup
1: absolutely yeah two big dfs guys anthony davis and of course uh, demarcus cousins on the opposite side of that game are those two necessarily like mutually exclusive exclusive excuse me Because you see you Using both in a lineup or do you kind of have to pick one or the other?
2: I don't think you necessarily have to pick one or the other, but, you know, if you're spending up at those two mm-hmm. positions, that means you're probably going to have a lot of trouble you're make getting some sacrifices, for sure. you know, or excuse me, uh, Damian Lillard, uh, a guy like that into your lineup, CJ mm-hmm. McCollum, uh, it's right, a little bit right. cheaper, so, yeah, I mean, it's like it's like you're setting a lineup any day, you know, if you spend mm-hmm. up at those two positions, you're you're going to have to save at guard, but luckily, uh, there are some cheap guard plays out there, more so than, than front court plays.
1: Nice, all right, well, so we'll get to those in a second, but let's look at uh, what Vegas has to say about the slate. Vegas has... Phoenix at Portland as the highest over under the day at 218.5 uh, Nick how are you attacking getting a piece of that game? That's a good question um,
2: I like CJ McCollum quite a bit uh, this, this should be a fast paced game I mean, Phoenix just doesn't play all that much D a a ton mm-hmm. of talent on the offensive end of that game uh you know headlined by booker and warren but this is a team that you know i've watched a couple of their games on, on league pass this year and i mean they, they give you runouts you know just mm-hmm. rebound nobody gets back type of plays and they're a young team there there's an inexperienced coach there uh in earl watson so it's somewhat excusable but um you know they're they're definitely a team that i'm targeting so i like McCollum at 7100 quite a bit Absolutely. He's coming off a 37 point game uh, against a much better Memphis defense the other night. Mm-hmm. Um and I think you have to go with either Booker or Warren. I mean, it's gotten to the point that both of these guys are leading Phoenix, you know, they're one and two in minutes, in free throw attempts, in field goal attempts, uh, you know, just about anything that you, that you can find and it's gotten to the point where they've kind of marginalized Eric Bledsoe. I mean, he's having a fine year, but he's averaging I think like mm-hmm. 17, 5 and 4, which for him is a little bit down and the big reason for that is you know both Warren and Booker have been so good that they've been playing huge minutes. Brandon Knight you know is totally lost coming off the bench, averaging just eleven points per game so mm-hmm. I, I do wonder you know this isn't necessarily dFs related but at some point, Phoenix might have to make a move. You know, is it do they look to trade Bledsoe? Do they look to trade Knight? Uh, just because they have too many yeah. good players right now.
1: Yeah, knight, Knight's just been all over the place in his career. I remember his days with the Bucks, of course. Now, now Phoenix actually—they're uh, they're dogs. The knight Portland are minus three twenty-five favorites, uh, which makes them the second biggest favorites on the slate. The biggest favorites on the slate are the Cleveland Cavalier, Cavaliers minus three fifty-seven here. Uh, now, LeBron James, a pretty high-priced player, you might struggle to get him in the lineup with a lot of those other guys but I'm seeing a lot of love for Kyrie Irving tonight who uh, seems to be uh, it'd have to be a bounce back game because he Mm -hmm. wasn't exactly on his game the last time out what do you think about that matchup against the Hawks
2: I like it I like it quite a bit I don't think this Hawks team is quite as good defensively as they have been over the last few years They don't have Kyle Korver tonight. Um, That takes away an element offensively. Uh, Although what that does mean is that Thabo Cephalosha sees more minutes. He's a better Mm -hmm. defender than Korver. A a better guy to to have in switch situations on Kyrie. So this isn't an A-plus matchup or anything for Kyrie. But like you said, you kind of have to play the odds here and look and say, okay, he went up against a terrible Sixers defense and only scored eight points, only had two assists, uh, just couldn't find a shot in that game. It wasn't that he wasn't aggressive. So nowhere to go really but up for Kyrie Irving. I like him Mm -hmm. quite a bit and and Kevin Love as well I mean Love I think is more valuable in DFS than he is in season long right now just because field goal percentage is not really a concern in Mm -hmm. daily fantasy that's that's been the knock on Love is that you know he'll he'll get you a ton of rebounds he'll he'll give you three pointers but he he does struggle uh, around the rim and then it's not like he has bad touch. He, he just he ru- tends to rush things a little bit. He's not a great athlete. and you know, He gets a yeah. shot blocked, uh, but he's so good at getting his own rebound and, and, and you know, getting rebounds on both ends that it tends to compensate. So you don't have to worry about the dearth in, in field goal percentage at all when you're talking DFS and you know Love's been over 34 fantasy points in five mm-hmm. out of his six games.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it makes an excellent floor for those cash right. games, those 50-50s, double-ups, those types of lineups here. I'm uh, going to switch gears a little bit and head on over to Memphis where uh, Mike Conley is questionable tonight so you're going to want to check out rotowire.com go to rotowire.com pod for a free 10-day trial here but you're going to want to check out those injury statuses leading up to game time let's just say hypothetically nick mike conley doesn't play tonight is it time to insert wade baldwin at just 3600
2: yeah, I think you have to think about it. Um, you know, there are a couple other discount options that I like. When I mean, JJ Barea has played really, really well, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the absence of Darren Williams, Tim Fraser. Uh, yep, still I was going to ask in. about
1: him. Absolutely, Drew Holiday's been right. out. His price has gone up a little bit, but you're you're a fan mm-hmm. of going back to the Frazier well tonight.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, even Chris Dunn, the, the scoring hasn't been there. They haven't really asked him to do much in that regard, and that, that's that been fine. But, um, you know, he's such an all-around contributor. I mean, five steals against Memphis a week ago, mm-hmm. three steals against Denver. I mean, helping to really keep that – uh, that fantasy value afloat. But yeah, I, I like Wade Baldwin quite a bit. He's, you know, if Conley doesn't play, they just don't have that many options in Memphis mm-hmm. at all. This is a really, really shallow team, especially in the backcourt. And, you know, Baldwin's inexperienced. He didn't play in their last game against Portland. He's, he's been up and down, but this is a guy who's 6'4 with a 6'11 and a half wingspan. I mean, you, yeah. you can see it. I remember had, watching him
1: at, at right. Vanderbilt quite big-time, a bit uh, for the past couple yeah, years. He was, a, he was a big time facilitator for those guys. Mm-hmm. All right, last but not least, any other values jump out at you? You know, we've kind of mentioned the ball wins, The Frasers, maybe the Chris Dunn's and and Berea, mm-hmm. uh, that that seems like a pretty good core that you can uh, get the lineup there. Uh, anyone else you want to work in last minute? I here? still
2: like Julius Randall. I mean, his price is creeping up to the point where it's you know borderline, um, but you know thirty one and thirty nine fantasy points uh, on Fanduel in his last two games. He, he's shown that kind of ceiling to get right around forty points when you know when he, when there's those nights that he plays thirty plus minutes. He's always aggressive, whether it's you know taking the ball to the rack, rebounding, um, you know, not the most efficient player not a great defender not not the smartest defender at this point in his career uh but but i think you know when he gets the minutes he's almost a lock for like a 10 and 10 type of game you know very similar to ennis canter type of production uh and i'm still not out on Jokic. you know if you're looking for somebody who is cheap and has you know big time upside at 5400 dollars, mm-hmm. you're not going to find anyone else who's really capable of giving you a 55 or 60 point Uh, fantasy game, you know, and Mm -hmm. that's what he did earlier this season against Portland. He had a 55-point fantasy effort. Uh, Since then, he's been, you know, under 20 in three of his next four games, so that's Mm -hmm. why his price is so low, but he's a kind of... Kind of a Hail Mary play, I guess, for me Absolutely. in that price range.
1: Yeah, that type of ceiling is definitely very <laughs> tough to come by, and, and given the price tag makes him an excellent GPP candidate. So excellent picks tonight, Nick. Uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, I might have to put a little lineup together myself here. Uh, quick reminder, don't miss this free fantasy basketball contest on FanDuel. You can win a trip to Brooklyn where you and a friend will be sitting courtside with Brandon Marshall. Yes, that is the New York Jets. Brandon Marshall, you're going to watch Golden State take on Brooklyn, travel, and and airfare are included. Just go to FanDuel.com/wire to play now. That's FanDuel.com/wire. I'm looking uh, at qualifiers. Probably going to take some of these advice and uh, maybe get some of that. But on a related note, Brandon Marshall—that'd certainly be an interesting courtside uh, uh, game to attend with. Uh, yeah. Any other NFL players, former or current? Let's say you had a picnic. Oh, uh, who would be your God. top uh, NFL player choice to sit uh, and watch a, watch a basketball game? I mean, it would have to
2: be a Jaguar, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I probably my favorite. Favorite player of all time, Keenan McCardell. Yeah, you know, never met him. Don't really know that much about him. But this would be the this would be a great time. Uh, I mean, literally any NFL I, player. Yeah. I I, I just don't
1: know time. if you if you pick like your favorite athlete, if you pick the athlete yeah. that's going to be the most conversational. Yeah, it's like Pac-Man Jones yeah. would be
2: a lot of fun. But are mm-hmm. you, pick you an athlete
1: like uh, like a Tony Gonzalez or right. a Jimmy Graham that has a basketball background? Just that's very Just in case they tough. ask you to
2: play. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interesting. Exactly.
1: Maybe get in a little halftime horse or something along those lines. <laughs> well, once again, thank you for joining us, Nick. We'll be back with John McHecnie shortly. Continuing the conversation here with John McKechnie, who you can follow on Twitter at Johnny McKecks. We're going to talk Week Ten running backs in just a moment, John. But I got to build off that momentum from uh, Nick's appearance there. Now, FanDuel offering the chance to sit courtside with Brandon Marshall for any game, which would or for the uh, for the uh, Warriors and uh, Nets game, which would be a heck of an opportunity. Brandon Marshall, I'm sure, very interesting conversation to have. But let's just say hypothetically, throwing it out there, you had to pick any a current or former NFL player to sit courtside at a hoops game with, uh, who would be your choice? Um, I'm going to go with current guys.
3: Um, I'm going to go with either Terrell Suggs. I think that guy's hysterical. I think he's uh, very entertaining. Uh, Just seems like a cool guy. Um, I always love his media appearances, and obviously I'm a Ravens fan too, so big fan of his in general. And I think uh, Marquette King because punters are people too, and uh, that guy has a lot of fun Uh, just – Going out there, was he the uh, saddle up
1: guy this weekend?
3: Yeah, he was going nuts. I mean, like he just (laughs) laying coffin corner punts and then just doing his thing afterward. I mean, I I certainly can't dance like that, but uh, yeah, Raiders special teams
1: guys celebrating that just seems to be a tradition over
3: the years. Yeah, for for sure, as it should be a time honored one. You know, Mm -hmm. from the days of. The young Sebastian Janikowski. Now the the torch is mm-hmm. passed to Marquette King, and absolutely,
1: I think that would be a lot of fun. Personally, I think I'd have to pick Gronk, man. It's not. I'm not gonna try to have any kind of sort of deep academic conversation with him, but I think <laughs> like it'd be you just good you know, like, anyway with him. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I, I think it'd just be a good time, a good funny time to start out with, and maybe I could segue like use that to uh, work my way into a Gronk after party. I think that that's would that's the key uh, there. That that would be the key there. Like, hey, you know, you put up with me and my buddy this long here. Uh, what do you say you put up with us at the after party. That'd be not a, not a bad way to meet some ladies either. I, I would assume. Yeah, I think uh, I think girls tend to flock to Gronk if mm-hmm. uh, if memory serves correctly. I know he's got he's pretty much got to beat him back with the stick. So maybe he's kind of <laughs> sends a couple our way. But uh, <laughs> hey, a guy can only dream here. That's why we got to enter the Brandon Marshall qualifier on FanDuel here. Get yourself a chance to sit courtside with Brandon Marshall for a Warriors Nets game in Brooklyn. Of course, travel and airfare included, courtesy of FanDuel. That's for NBA here, but. John, we're going to talk some Week Ten NFL running backs on Fanduel, looking a little bit ahead here. First and foremost, the Week Ten buys: LaShawn McCoy and the Bills are on a buy. The mess of a backfield in the Detroit Lions—I guess Theo Riddick, you can say—on a buy. Keep in the Detroit backfield, man. I keep <laughs> I keep pushing back. I love Theo Riddick. Yeah, yeah. Theo Riddick's excellent. You know, for those full PPR formats, I just—it's it, so tough to predict a game oh, throw sure. flow. It's just one of those situations. I personally like to fade here. Then, of course, the Colts are on a buy, and th- that means the age of those. Frank Gore will be sitting out here and of course the Oakland Raiders and Latavius Murray who recently torched the Denver Broncos defense, he's going to be sitting here as well Uh, Let's look at the list to start off. First impressions here. There's no surprise who sits at the top. You get David Johnson, fresh off a bye week, 9,400 for a running back, goes against the San Francisco 49ers who, I mean, it's just the best fantasy dream matchup that you could imagine. I mean, they're giving up so many yards and points per game to opposing running backs. It's not even funny. I think the next worst teams in terms of uh, rushing yards allowed per game is like, I don't know, maybe like 50 Fifty something less than they are wow. it's it's just terrible uh the uh so the the 49ers just uh yeah not not getting it done for in terms of rush defense here but that begs the question david johnson 9400 is that too much to pay for a running back Oh man,
3: I mean that that really is kind of like pushing the the absolute limit. I mean, you you definitely need to find a, like a value quarterback mm-hmm. uh to sort of counterbalance that because 9400 is such a significant chunk of your salary there. Um and you you know, it also begs the question like is he going to be able to hit value um in a game where the the Cardinals should be, you know, mm-hmm. just Ra- you know rampaging on them and able to
1: able to build a huge lead almost immediately. Yeah, absolutely. The biggest hindrance I think to David Johnson was was going to be blowout potential mm-hmm. in that game and uh who knows maybe Andre Ellington could be have some oh, value geez. there because I mean you look at what the Saints did and then what the Bucks did to the 49ers. I mean, you starting back goes out, your your feature back, I guess you could say, gets 150 yards, scores a couple times, then your team's 30 points ahead. So then the backup comes around. So you got your Peyton Barbers, even your Tim High towers. i know that was a weird Saints situation last week but uh so your backup running backs in line for 80 and a touchdown usually the yeah. way this Niners, it's just the way the pattern's been going so maybe in a gpp you'd consider a guy like ellington because of course chris johnson kind of out for the season here yeah. and and i mean it, that's there uh but if the 49ers and colin kaepernick can somehow keep this game close David Johnson could hit 40 fan Fanduel points this week. That's entirely possible. That'd be, I mean, that'd be wild. And but, uh, are the Cardinals coming off a bye? Is that
3: correct? Too? Yes, that's so, I mean, correct. Oh God, he's going to be so fresh. They'll be,
1: they'll be well prepared. Oh, he's man, fresh. Man, I, I'm so excited anyway. to have him back in my season long leagues after after going three and two this week with a couple of disappointing losses here. Let's move on down the list. Keep going here. Where's uh, the
3: Thursday night conversation? Oh,
1: the Thursday night conversation. I'm, I'm sorry, to leave <laughs> me out. <right? laughs> I can't. I, you're right. I can't leave you out here. We got to talk Thursday night football first. If you are playing a slate that includes the Thursday night game it is a stellar matchup between the Cleveland Browns who head to Baltimore where Baltimore are 10 point favorites over under on that game is 45 here man, I almost skipped that thank you for catching me there John, the wasn't running backs. I was going to let you escape without some Ravens talk. <laughs> exactly, the running backs in that Thursday night game. You've got on the Ravens side Terrence West at sixty five hundred, and then both Buck Allen and Kenneth Dixon are priced equally at forty six hundred. Though Dixon seems to be getting more of the work of late. And then you look to the Browns side: Crowell six thousand, Duke Johnson fifty one hundred. I mean, is there, uh, is there anyone you consider going out of your way to play the Thursday slate to work into your lineup?
3: Well, unfortunately. There, there's not a ton of great skill position players going in this game. So, I mean, I, I'm de- it's not a situation where you're going out of your way to play it. But if you want to play it, uh, definitely like Terrence West in this situation. Mm-hmm. The Browns were uh, near the bottom in the league in rushing DVOA uh, heading into last week. They haven't updated. Uh, the numbers uh, to reflect what Zeke did to them yet but they were at 31 heading into last week so that's good and then Zeke you know was able to pound them pretty good uh, and it's a short week I think West uh, should be able to have the best game amongst Mm -hmm. the the running backs here Um, on the other side of the coin the Ravens have the had the number one rushing DVOA and they just shut down Le'Veon Bell and so I think that spells more trouble for Crowell, but mm-hmm. I think if the Browns are smart, they just use Duke Johnson as a pass catcher out of the backfield. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of like his upside potential in this one uh, a little bit. I think he could get a good number of touches uh, there. Uh, I don't think Buck Allen's had a carry in, in, you know, since yeah. Nam.
1: Uh, I know, I just had to mention him for, yeah, uh, for bookkeeping cur- purposes because it's clear Dixon's Taken the, the backup role or, or, and is kind of encroaching in Terrence West's territory. Eventually, I mean, it was a little bit more of an even split. I think West maybe had five or so more carries last week here, but yeah. I, I agree with you, John. It, it's got to be Terrence West in this game. Yeah, and, and
3: uh, Dixon looked like he got a little bit dinged um, towards the uh, towards the end of the game, but I think he practiced in full yesterday, mm-hmm. so that, that's not really a concern. Uh, but yeah, West would be the guy that you want out of this grouping, uh, and then I, I would say Duke Johnson would, would be my my second choice here yep. and over Crowell.
1: Absolutely, you had another reason to go to rotawire dot com slash pod to get your free ten day trial. Watch the injury reports this week. I'm all over Terrence West just because. I mean, we mentioned the or the Forty Nine ers being so terrible. Brown's giving up the third most points to opposing running backs here, so the addition of Jamie Collins clearly hasn't helped. It's a scheme system change here, and I, I know Jamie Collins is trying to play for a contract here, but I don't mm-hmm. think one player is going to turn that entire atrocious, banged up run defense around here. Yes, sir. Not a whole lot good to say about the Browns here, but okay. So we go back to our Week Ten list of running backs. We already talked about David Johnson. We move down to the next tier here, the eight to nine thousand dollar range. I uh, got Ezekiel Elliott, eighty nine hundred. Melvin Gordon 8,300, Le'Veon Bell 8,100 here. I mean, uh, Bell's got the Cowboys, he was shut down by the Ravens, but I think some of that was matchup here. Could you see going back to Bell, or maybe are you leaning towards someone like Melvin Gordon, or can you afford Zeke Elliott?
3: Uh, I definitely like Zeke Elliott here. I know that um, last week the Steelers defense kind of uh, tightened up against the run, but I feel like that just kind of happens in those games. That the those Ravens Steelers games mm-hmm. are always very they like, like knockout, games. knockout, drag out, uh, very physical. Um, so I think that that Zeke shouldn't really have a huge issue. Uh, Getting so, getting big chunks of yardage against the Steelers this week. Um, I think I probably like Gordon the most from this tier, uh, going against a pretty middling Miami defense, mm-hmm. um, and he's at home. And I mean he's he had he's had over thirty points in two of his last three games, uh, and the the other game in there was a seventeen point uh, performance. So that's you know really solid as well. Uh, so I think that. He has a nice floor here. Um, obviously, no one else in that backfield is getting touches. Kenneth Farrow is just sort of like an afterthought that they throw in there uh, mm-hmm. whenever Gordon decides he needs, like, a breather. Um, so I, I like Gordon the best from this tier. Um even, you know, even if he's the second priced guy, I, th-
1: I think that he has the, uh, I think he's going to mm-hmm. have the best game of these three. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Melvin Gordon proved it last week. I, I had still been clinging to doubting his yards per carry numbers and and claiming that his fantasy value is touchdown dependent and all that is very common within the industry, but I think yeah. i got to stop dogging him after his huge, huge game last week really uh, awesome. <laughs> Really stepped things up. Uh, yeah, Melvin Gordon, I didn't own any shares. I wasn't all that confident about it, but of Same. course the Wood had, had injury and uh, just a variety of factors making him one of the top backs in fantasy so far next here john uh, we got an up-and-coming name probably one of the biggest price risers over the last three four weeks that's Ajay, who's 7800 at san diego then uh you know we've already talked about the team that's playing the 49ers and the team that's playing the browns but in between the 49ers and browns in terms of worst run defense here we've got the new orleans saints here and they face the broncos they welcome uh, Denver to town. And you've got Devontae Booker at 7,800. I mean, that's got to make for at least an interesting play. I mean, he's a little pricey for my liking, but you got to like what he has the potential to do against this defense.
3: I I mean I do love this matchup so much but I'm just I'm having a hard time being completely sold on Booker even though like the you know the market share numbers now for him he pretty much gets everything out of the Denver backfield let's see here I mean he got 79% of the touches out of the mm-hmm. backfield last week I imagine he'll you know have similar numbers this week uh and then you know going against the Saints in in New Orleans that's always turns into a bit of a track meet um so I think he's going to he's going to uh, be able to put up some numbers here, but I I really just don't think Booker hits what you want
1: him to at 7,800. I think at 6,500, he would be a lock That'd in my amazing. lineup. Yeah, at 7,800, he kind of approaches uh, fade candidate. And also, Broncos coach Gary Kubiak did say this week, for what it's worth, that Capri Bibbs has earned more touches. What oh, okay. that means, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to try to Go out of my way to use bibs in a GPP or anything like that, but it's just another kind of tally mark in your pros and cons list against right. Fading Booker here, and uh, something that you may want to think about despite the matchup. At the same time, he could have a huge game, just kind of a disclaimer, but neither John nor I seem to really like him at that price here. The last guy in the tier, Lamar Miller, 7,500 at Jacksonville. I mean, everyone thought Charkandrick West was going to be the man against the Jags last week didn't really seem to come through. Lamar Miller possibly needed a bye week as much as anyone. He was a little bit banged up heading into the bye. I I mean, he... Seemed to until the injuries, he was dominating touches over Alfred Blue, getting 30 or so per game. Here, do you think they pick up where they left off with Miller? I think so. And, and you know, if the Charkandrick
3: West sort of egg laying, uh, is is a concern to you, I think that just more is reflective on Charkandrick West Mm -hmm. than it is about the matchup in
1: general. Yeah, not ready to say the jags these turn things around.
3: (laughs) No, I am not, I am certainly not. So, you know, Miller, like you said, he had that banged up shoulder, so having that bye week. Definitely uh, a huge factor. The optimizer loves him this week. The -hmm. the optimizer has him as the second uh, highest producing running back this week. Mm -hmm. So you got to, I mean, you got to, that's got to at least, you know, get Mm -hmm. the wheels churning in your head about potentially using a guy like Lamar Miller this week. Uh, And yeah, this matchup is really, really nice. Uh, Mm -hmm. I really like uh, the opportunities that he gets. Mm -hmm. He seems to to definitely have the lion's share, Mm -hmm. especially when he's healthy. You know, blue is only kind of a, a factor when, when when Lamar Miller needs a breather, when he's a little bit banged up so hopefully, provided that Miller is practicing in full all week uh, I don't see why I would, would would avoid him whatsoever, I think I'm yeah. going to try to get him in most
1: of my lineups. Yeah, I mean you mentioned the optimizer loves him and I think the key word you said there is, is opportunity whenever you, I mean the optimizers run based on projections of course, and whenever you make any sort of projections, you need to start with some sort of opportunity factor as a baseline how many touches do you think they're going to get and then you, see, then you look at the history kind of what they do with their touches and also what uh, opponents have done to backs who have given been given a similar workload and I, I just way oversimplified the projection system into about 15 seconds here yeah. but again t- touches opportunity that's all baseline so I can see Lamar Miller getting a lot of love this week we're going to fast forward a little bit through the next couple of tiers. I might run through a couple names that uh, uh, we w- want to talk about. Actually, I do want to talk about Demarco Murray from the Titans uh, hosting the Green Bay Packers this week. Derrick Henry a little bit banged up. Does that make you more inclined to use Demarco Murray at just seventy th- four hundred dollars? I think so. That that really does seem like
3: a low price. I mean, think about it like this. You know, he's w- top five running back this year, and he's four hundred dollars less than Devontae Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just seems Ooh. like a little bit wonky to me. But I know that. Uh, you know even despite i mean you you're a packers fan but i mean your love of their run defense is is legit because they're they I mean they've they are pretty much quantifiably the best run defense in the NFL by almost any metric. So I mean this is a really tough matchup for Murray, but you know he's gonna see the like the bulk of the touches, especially if Henry either can't go or is limited. I mean he's got a yeah. calf thing. That's not something that you just like bounce right back
1: yeah. from. And it's not like they're gonna all of a sudden throw in Andrews for a bunch of carries either. No, no. So DeMarco Murray is the man, and even if he only averages three yards a carry, you know, he should probably get sixty to eighty rushes. Yards the way that they'll he do it.
3: Always, he can always catch the ball out of the backfield. He caught yeah. all seven of his targets say, last week.
1: I think that's where most of his fantasy production will come this week against Green Bay. That's because uh, I know Aaron Rodgers kind of criticized the energy of this team and whatnot, but Aaron Rodgers, like himself, has actually been looking much better over the last couple mm-hmm. weeks. You know, when you throw a couple drop passes out of there, and he has, I mean, he had a pretty big stat line anyway, and he's going to get his, and he's going to make this game competitive, so Marcus Mariota is going to, and also Marcus Mariota likes to turn the ball over, so a little we, bit. yeah, just a little bit, so uh, we might see the Titans possibly even hosting the game, they might have to play a little bit of catch-up here in this mm-hmm. one, and I mean, the Packers absolutely need this game uh, to, to keep themselves in line with the Lions and Vikings in the division here, right. so I think uh, you know, if we see the Titans play from behind that actually also benefits Murray in a way similar to uh, Lamar Miller, who we talked about well, previously, just because of the passes out of the backfield, yes. In FanDuel's half-point PPR format, uh, real quick before moving on from this tier, Todd Gurley, he's down all the way to seven thousand. I feel like at some point for me personally, there will be a price tag where I will start to use him, but at seven thousand against the Jets, is it Week Ten? Um, no. And, no, it's not. Uh,
3: no, and, you know, there, there's always, like, the the Logie West Coast team traveling east factor. Ooh. So that you you never love that to begin with. And, mm-hmm. man, it's just, like, I don't really even know what to do with Todd Gurley at this point. It's mm-hmm. just very, very frustrating. Uh, everyone that spent their top picks on him are just kicking themselves, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, And the Jets, uh, I know they gave up 111 yards to Ajayi last week. Ajayi's run the ball better than Todd Gurley is right now. Ajayi's
1: a stud. I mean, the two games before that, he had 200 rushing yards in each of them. And, I mean, the Jets are a good run defense Mm -hmm. like their their front seven is excellent especially on the defensive line to the point where they almost have too many bodies to fill the amount of positions and they're starting to have to decide who to sign and who not to so the Jets stacked and of course the whole west east coast thing and all yeah I mean I declared on XM that I'm done making excuses for Todd Gurley anymore this year I think it's just time for people to realize that he's not a top five back probably falls somewhere within the 10 to 15 range if we're being realistic about our expectations for Gurley the rest of the season and he's priced accordingly this week that's True.
3: That's true. The the pricing is fair given like the the theoretical upside here because we've seen what he can do. We just haven't seen it whatsoever this season. I, I I'm not totally sure. I didn't see the breakdown of all of his carries from this past weekend, but I'm pretty sure he still doesn't have a uh, rush of over 20 yards. which is, is, which is very surprising. It's,
1: extremely it's extremely never seen it yeah. If you could have found like a Vegas or Bovada odds for that specific statement here, it would have been astronomical. Absolutely. Yeah. We're going to kind of skip over the next tier a little bit because you got Carlos Hyde, shoulder injury, Jacques Rogers, foot injury, Doug Martin, hamstring injury. I doubt yeah. he'll be back for what it's worth. That those Some of those backfields are kind of messy and it's a little bit too early to predict those with accuracy so john let's jump to our chalk plays today we're going to uh, of the week here we're going to enter a double up here a 50 50 you're taking on your buddy and head to head and you want to just get yourself a good baseline is there a running back in particular that you're locking in all your lineups uh give me Melvin Gordon man uh i like the price here
3: uh I like where yeah like i said i like where he's priced i like uh the market share that he has he totally is the main guy there um maybe he'll he'll get his target uh share back up to the seven range where it was the past few weeks before this week where he caught all four of his targets for 65 yards uh i think that uh the Miami defense uh pretty middling across the board uh, a little bit banged up in the secondary you know with no no Rashad Jones um so i think that this is a this is a week where where gordon is able to just he's a very safe play in my book mm-hmm. um i don't see where he uh gets less than 25 touches
1: at least mm-hmm. so uh i think I that i think he's uh, my go to right here yeah see I tried to stay off the love for uh, Zeke Elliott a little bit earlier in the show because I wanted to save it for now first off I, I definitely see where you're coming from with Gordon but I think in my lineups I'm going to pay up for Ezekiel Elliott a little bit uh, I mean David Johnson of course has the best matchup on paper no doubt about that sure. but I think the blowout factor, as we discussed makes him a little bit of a risk to hit value Zeke Elliott on the other hand he's got a Steelers matchup and we throw out the Ravens Steelers who always play tough uh, especially against the run last week the two weeks before the Steelers gave up 26 FanDuel points to Legarrette Blunt and 33 FanDuel points to Jay Ajayi. You know, give or take some decimal points there. So I think uh, that works in Ezekiel Elliott's favor because the Steelers can give up points to opposing backs. And you know we talked about backs coming off a bye. Zeke's pretty well rested. He got just as many carries as Alfred Morris last week because that game got out of hand, and very smartly the team decided to rest Ezekiel Elliott. I think with Big Ben coming back, the Steelers are going to be able to uh, score more points as Big Ben kind of gets into the swing of things, and they might have to use Elliott the whole game in this one and of course, in, in a team that is built around the offensive line and running the ball, I think that means a huge day for Ezekiel Elliott. I'm guessing in the hundred twenty and two touchdown range, which makes right. it a good, a good, uh, a good cash game play here. Definitely. Let's jump to uh, GPPs. Uh, we got uh, tournament plays. You're ent- entering, you know, your your two dollars safety or your one dollar scrib- squib, and you're trying to win large amounts of cash with little investment. You got to set your lineup apart a little bit here. If you're going to do that, John, who are you looking at this week?
3: Well, it was a little bit tough to mine for mine for value. There aren't like obvious choices like there were last week with with your Tim Hightower or your Charcandrick or uh, Dwan Harris. Um, but I, I'm going to go with Sproles here, I guess, because I mean he did see 64 percent of the touches out of the Eagles' backfield this week. So that you know that's obviously a very encouraging sign.
1: <laughs> Ryan uh, Matthews got the touchdown. I know, I know, but but, uh, but I do like your distribution. I don't want to dog that too much. Scrolls is still the man.
3: 51, you know, 5100 uh Trying to see the uh, matchup
1: here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if anything, the, the uh, Matthews touchdown might make people back off Sproles a little bit more, which is, uh, of course, always a good a good idea for those GPPs. And uh, it made the point fantasy points distribution roughly equivalent here. Darren Sproles hosts the Atlanta Falcons, who oh, yeah. uh, have been you're not uh, afraid of their run defense. Yeah, not afraid. It. I mean, it's a young run defense that is possibly on the rise here, but at the same time, uh, not not anybody that's going to make no, you you're not run away. Avoid them. Absolutely. So Darren Sproles at fifty one hundred. I like where you're at, John. I'm going to actually attack a real tough run defense in hopes of finding low ownership percentage. Okay. And I'm going to go after the Denver Broncos and the Saints. Uh, and you know you have to kind of predict trends in 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 daily. And uh, if you can if you can kind of buy low on these trends and, and and catch them before they actually happen, that's when you have your biggest DFS days. I'm going to go ahead and say Tim Hightower at this stage in his career, we know what he is right. as a running back here, and we know that Mark Ingram is the more Explosive, bigger uh, potential back, and and we definitely saw that this week here against the 49ers. Mark Ingram, despite getting a less carries, thoroughly outproduced Tim Hightower See, yeah, from a it fantasy perspective. Seems like. Perspective. It seems like- Getting in that doghouse sort of lit lit a fire under Mm -hmm. him a little bit. Exactly. So uh, I think we're going to see either somewhere in between even and an Ingram advantage against the Broncos this week. And this Broncos defense, they got they got pretty torched by Latavius Murray on on on, uh, Sunday night here. They were they were in the
3: middle of rushing DVOA, uh, mm -hmm. you know, heading into that week. So that's going to drop. So I think you bring up a really good point about like just sort of like the 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 national perception of, of the Broncos defense is oh avoid them like the plague or. Or, you know, earlier in the season, the Vikings were kind of carrying a similar clout, but it it really does feel Mm -hmm. like you... You can attack those defenses, and you really do find some low ownership from that. Yep.
1: So I'm attacking the Broncos' defense with Mark Ingram. I mean, the Broncos. Not even Murray. Uh, Melvin Gordon has lit them up a couple times this mm-hmm. year here, and I mean, M- Ingram maybe not quite on the same level as those backs, but I don't think he's that far off. And at 6,300, it, you might be able to find his ownership percentage probably less than 10, percent maybe even less than five. I, I mean, he was like less than three percent last week. I just mm-hmm. don't think uh, we'll see it that low again. But uh, there, there's some, there's a lot to like here in Mark Ingram at. 6,300. And again, there aren't so many value plays, quote-unquote. There's no chalk Kendrick West this week. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you, you just kind of have to go ahead and get one of those guys who, and and, and find the low ownership percentage. But uh, I do want to throw out Paul Perkins at 4,500 as an absolute Hail Mary candidate. Now, number one, watch out. He's playing on Monday night against the Bengals. Bengals, yeah. kind of a tough matchup. But again, you're looking at trajectory and trends and he tied Rashad Jennings. They both received, I believe, 11 carries in Sunday's uh, victory over the East. Eagles. So I think maybe we start to see Perkins overtake that and I think Perkins just brings young fresh legs and and an Possibly better back than Jennings no, to that backfield. Is. I really liked him coming out of college. Mm-hmm. He brings. Uh, I remember uh, heading into the year. I think he had Pro Football Focus's number one elusiveness rating. Yeah. So, so that was good to see. And uh, he brings more pass catching opportunity than Jennings. I believe. I think if the the Giants are ahead and they want to run the clock out, they might be inclined to go to Jennings. But there will be a week where they turn to Perkins and don't turn back. And that uh, will it be this week? Who knows? That's why he's a GPP quote unquote Hail Mary play for the week. Absolutely, I like that one. No, a All lot. right. Okay. So before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users: get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a ten-dollar deposit on FanDuel. Just go to FanDuel.com/RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that ten dollars available to play with on FanDuel. That's over forty dollars in value for just ten bucks. Go to FanDuel.com/RW. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the website, be sure to go to Rotowire.com/pod. That's Rotowire.com/pod. Get you a free ten-day trial. No credit card. No strings attached. Of course, remind you about that Brandon Marshall qualifier on Fanduel. That's for NBA. Nick and I talked NBA earlier. That'll get you going here. And one last plug before we wrap up. I'll be uh, I'll be going live on the Rotowire Facebook page Sunday morning in the last hour before kickoff uh, to kind of do some last minute ask an expert here. Once again, I'm Jake Litarski. You can follow me on Twitter at jakeski52. And I'm John McKegney. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny McKex. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Wednesday with.